You're listening to the Tennis.com Podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hello, everyone. Tennis.com Podcast here. I'm Ed McGrogan with Steve Tigner and Richard Pagluero. We're getting together to talk about Miami, which just wrapped up. Really, in a way, this entire early hardcore stretch of the season wrapped up with Indian Wells and Miami now behind us. They already start the clay this week, but we don't need to get into that right away. There's a lot to talk about after um, this latest Masters event where, for the second one in a row, Djokovic beats Nadal in a final. He does it in both times coming from a set down, which is uh, one of the more impressive achievements, I think, of this. And there's a long list of achievements for Djokovic. He's now 24-0 on the year. Uh, he's and Obviously, you can't have better start than he had, so... Let's just talk about him because he deserves. I think quite the a bit. one, the main thing to me that that sticks out is that um, he didn't really need to win this match in a way. He he'd beaten Nadal already. He he's already established himself as having a having a great early part of the season. You can't have any better, obviously. But Nadal sort of, if anybody needed to win it, um, it was more. It was Nadal, and once Nadal typically gets in that kind of situation and gets down to the end of a match like that, a third set tiebreaker, I can't. Or you know, decisive tiebreaker. I can't remember many matches at all that he's ever lost in that situation. But but Djokovic beat him, and he beat him in the tiebreaker with his forehand. He hit he hit a couple, two or three very strong forehands. It wasn't like you know Rafa lost it or he went away in the match. Djokovic just went out and beat him again in, in a situation that normally I think you know you're you're going to take Nadal. What do you think about no, I this? I totally agree. I think it's like, you know, even that match, even that 5-6 game, I thought Nate Down might have had a shot to break him there. But I think... That was when he was a 15-30. Right. Yeah. And I really, I mean, and then they get to the breaker and I'm thinking, geez, no way Nate Down loses a breaker with the title on the line. And Djokovic played so well, but I, I agree with your point, especially the forehand. Everyone talks about Djokovic sort of resurrecting his serve, but... You see him hit that forehand, go back to the uh, U.S. Open, the semifinal against Federer, those two match points. Big, He's really firing that forehand. He gets the angle on the inside out, and then when you play that, he'll hit the one down the line. So I, to me, the guy, I mean, the guy played, he played a brilliant breaker there. Yeah, and then there's, I mean, there's a forehand, there's there's the bat. He's got everything. And we he's got in the, the drop the, shot. How many guys in, drop shot and they down? He did that a couple times, times and then, yeah, and he, and most of the time the combination won. And then, and then just to go back to the backhand, it's just, it's, it's whenever I see Djokovic really hit that so consistently with Nadal, I can, I always go back to thinking that that's the shot that Federer can't do, that right. that's kind of held him back a little on. And Nadal still has a obviously a pretty big record, a winning record over Djokovic. But he, but the hardcore I think is now even now, and it's a big on clay disparity. But um, he's just he's proven to be an equal of him at the at the moment. And you know the slams are to come, but this these are four impressive tournaments so far from Djokovic this year. It's interesting, after Nadal basically said he will be, num- Djokovic will be number one, you know, I mean, I know Nadal's very humble and he always gives the other guy credit, but that was a pretty interesting statement where he, he almost sounded like it's inevitable, you know, because he has so much to defend between now and going think, through Clay and the, Wimbledon. And the all. thing I think that changes for Nadal, against Federer, he knows exactly what he has to do and it's pretty simple. He goes, he goes towards that backhand and that's not, it's not as simple against Djokovic. He can't just go in there with a with a game plan that he can rely on, he can't go out after Djokovic's backhand in the same way. And and in this match, I felt like Djokovic almost played. He sort of played Nadal's game at the U.S. Open last year, and he lost doing it. He tried to stay back and hit big with him, but he 
did it here again, I thought, and he and he beat Nadal doing it. So what that what that means for the future, I guess, it's just Djokovic can do that. He's shown that he's that's the improvement he's made even in that that amount of time. And also the physicality of a three and a half hour. You see Nadal going through eight or nine shirts, and that he was able to stand up to him physically was impressive. That was almost as long as their U.S. Open final, sure. right? Which is four sets, right? And also, I think what Steve was saying is true about the the Federer comparison because you see on when he goes to the Federer backhand, a lot of times he's going to get that chip return. You go to Djokovic's backhand. His return on hard court right now is better than anybody. He did, he, he, I don't remember him hitting too many slice backhands at all yesterday. Actually, joke. He has a good one, but he he was he did exactly probably what he what he had to do. And you know, the third set was it was we had the first set with Nadal, and, and and the third set both guys I think gave gave what we were sort of expecting was. Right. You know the best of what they can both and do. And he backed up the. I think the stat. I think he won like seventy percent of his set. He won more points on his second serve than he did on his first serve. And I know. I know. Nadal was chipping a lot back. He's trying to get it in play, but still, that's a pretty impressive stat to do that for three sets against Nadal. It's a funny sit, uh, situation in the year, though. When I think about it, going ahead, Djokovic last year, Roddick won this tournament, and right. he didn't do much again. To, and Djokovic wins this tournament, but now it doesn't lead to anything really because now he has to go to clay. And we know Nadal is going to be even tougher there. He goes to clay and then to grass. You know, this this part of the season, it's almost like he's finished the first part, but it's not will his momentum carry? I'm sure it, it will at one level, but he's got to change completely now and go to a surface where Nadal is obviously the, is going to be still be the favorite. So and this do you of- think do you think this part of the year is is whether we're going to really find out if if how good um, Djokovic's chances are, maybe for the the world year end number one. Like, like well, it sounds like you th- think this is a very it's a it's a juncture of the season that's wholly different from what we've seen before. So yeah, far. I mean yeah. they travel to Europe, they go to clay. Say say you still have to pick Nadal to win the French Open. Say he wins the French Open, then what does this win mean for Djokovic? You know, Nadal it still sets up well for Nadal going into the French Open and Wimbledon. That's when he gathers his momentum typically. But so we'll see. I mean, Djokovic by winning these two matches, he's he's helped himself in that way. But you still, it's not like that momentum will necessarily carry over. Yeah, I think a lot of people are wondering what the residual effect is of all this. We'll we'll find out pretty pretty soon. Actually. And you got to think right now. If you look at, I agree with you totally. Nadal still a favor for the front. You got to think Djokovic is capable of one more major this year, or maybe the U.S. Open. But you, I mean, the way he's playing now, I mean, it's hard. I think to he's look a contender in, 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 yeah, in he all is, them. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, to actually win one, I don't think he. You know, I, I think he's got a real strong shot here, in New York. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Federer since we brought him up here. The match on Friday, um, th- this was not what happened in the final. This was a really con- you know convincing Nadal straight set win. Um, Federer, aside from very few points this match, even looked uh, like he could get his way fight back his way back into this match. Uh, how much does this result over Nadal in you guys' minds, sort of? put Federer down in it, I guess, in his current place, which I think a lot of people are saying is a distant number three number behind three. those two. Well, it wasn't a good effort. It might have been the worst match I've seen Federer play. I, I know that Nadal played well, but I sort of put it more on Federer. He, you know, once he was broken in the first set, he completely went away. He tried to hit strange topspin forehands with more topspin than I've ever seen him try to hit that he that he couldn't hit. 
And, you know, you know, he never got back into it. Nadal played well in the second set when Federer made a tiny little run. But, um, but yeah, it sort of it, – it does, it does lead, lead to a little more of thinking of the decline of, of Federer. You know, he – obviously everything changes. He goes to clay and he always has Wimbledon. But, but looking – you know, this tournament and these two tournaments sort of set up Djokovic as one-two. Now, that's the way – I think you have to think of it. They've clearly established themselves for that for 2011. It's now been kind of, if you go back one 12-month stretch to the calendar year, I mean, Indian Wells and Miami weren't really good, weren't good results at all for Federer last year either. And so it's been... I remember last year, I'm looking forward to Clay after Miami. Yeah, <laughs> that was the yeah it's, it's been a, you know, it's probably a, the, the lower 12 months of Roger Federer's recent career in a long time. And I think so. the disappointing thing is, is like Steve said also, in them, he only had one break point in that match. I mean, it wasn't like, geez, I had chances and I didn't convert them. You had no chances, basically, you know, from the beginning on. I think the other sort of disappointing thing from his perspective is a sort of a lack of clarity about how he wanted to play the points once it began to snowball on him. You didn't really see him. We always talk about him and rightly so as a guy with all the options and he can shift strat, but you didn't really see any strategic shift or any tactical. It was just he was hitting balls and he wasn't finding the, the court basically for a long time and that that's unusual. A lot of misses and uh, the crowd like we were saying before was, was trying to get him back but it just didn't happen that night. So, so I can tell you guys are chomping at the bit to talk about this women's final. Um, and, I, and I wrote... I wrote to you, Steve, in our questions that we put up before the final. The last question I wrote was, even if Maria Sharapova would get out of here with a title, would that be enough to convince you that she is, quote, back? And I think I she had such no. a... Yes, you said no. And she had such a hard road getting to the final, and then she just had a dreadful final. So this is... Uh, before we get to Oz, or you can talk about whichever you like, but let's give me your thoughts on how this all. Sure, Pope. Out. It's a similar tournament in Indian Wells. She fights through a couple of tough matches. She looks like she's things are are better, and then she then she plays a top player at the end and really just you know can't can't find the court. Has trouble serving, lots of errors, um, and she loses in pretty quick straight sets. That was Wozniak in Indian Wells and Azarenka here. So I don't know where that leaves her as far as. As far as was this a positive or a negative? I guess overall it's a positive because she won a she won a bunch of matches and that's that you know that's good. But she also showed that when she she can be beaten pretty badly when she gets in players who are ranked above her. Um, so overall, I'd say it's a it, it's been a positive month for her though. It's... I think you could you know you could sort of spin it either way. I think the good news for her is being back in the top ten. Remember last year where she had to play Serena early at Wimbledon. She had to play Wozniacki early at the Open. If she can keep the ranking up, at least this gives her theoretically a chance to go deeper into those major draws. But I think you guys said it with with that serve, you're not winning, mate. You're just not. I mean, you no, hit seventeen need, double needs, faults. Now we need seven matches. Dolgaro, do, yeah. and you're lucky to scrape through that. I mean, you got to give her a hell of a lot of credit for her spirit and her tenacity and resilience and all that great stuff. But it still comes down to that serve is not rely. I mean, you make Moresmo look like Serena Williams with that serve. It's, it depends on what Sharapova wants out of the future of her career. I guess is she happy to be in the top ten and play tournaments like this and maybe win tournaments like this, but not be able to come through at majors or is she just would she not be able to is that not what she wants is, is she I, I looking think, just to win majors and, and get back to the top right right it's two different 
possibility. When you hear her speak, I think she she views it as a process. Like, geez, I had the flu. You know, she had the shoulder surgery. She had the flu that knocked her out. So, and in that sense, she's right. I mean, she's really building, hopefully, towards something. But I just don't see her game sort of being as multifaceted as the other top women. I think that not only the serve the movement is going to catch up with her at times. It does look a bit robotic at times. I will say, uh, another player wondering if it might lead to something is Azarenka, who won. This is her second Miami title. I asked Steve also this question in the thing, in the preview was, is this sort of a ceiling for Azarenka? Do you think that even if she wins this, is is she someone who uh, you can see winning a Grand Slam title down the road? Because since she won Miami the first time, she's been largely kind of a disappointment. I think it's slammed. Most people have, have picked her as sort of a trendy pick, but she's never really made it to her seed a lot of the time. So Maybe Richard, maybe you could start with this. Like, what do you uh, what do you ta- think about Azarenka? Maybe this year or just in general, is she a player you can see making that next leap? Yeah, I can on the faster surfaces because for me the problem was always her head. Like she would, she was a bit of a flake. She'd get a little bit emotionally volatile when things would go tough. And you saw last year, with the exception of Australia, she bombed out of every major early. I remember at the Open she had this sickness, the illness, but. I think with her, it is more of a mental issue and trying to keep her, you know, keep your mind into it and also give yourself, allow yourself to know that you're not going to be able to play your A game every time. And that's when the mind comes in and you have to work your way through it a little bit like Kuznetsova at times where she just gets a little bit overwhelmed emotionally. But I think Azarenka, you know, beating Kleisters, beating Zvonare, beating two of the top three and then absolutely destroying Sharapova. I mean, that's she she went through a quite a lineup to win right and you look at the toughest match in that tournament for her was sybil kova six four and a third the night match where she had her hands full but she kept her head on and found a way through that and you could say the last three rounds were almost progressively easier for her against some pretty good players before this tournament i never would have thought of her as a grand slam possibility just because she's too erratic and i also think she's almost too intense mentally she's she seems to start the year pretty well and then and then kind of burn out Um, she's done that a couple times but um, the way she played these three matches, she played with more margin for error sure. and more um, than than normal, and just more more confidence in closing out the matches, and just seemed to be she seemed to be you know happy to be out there and competing rather than rather than getting angry at herself, which is obviously a big key. So so yeah, I mean if, the, if she plays anything like this, she can obviously win a, win a grand slam. And obviously there's a void now because Kleisters is there's no real dominant player on the women's side, you know, with the exception of maybe Kleisters when she's healthy. So I think this is the time if she's going to do, you know. Kleisters is all young. about all about the slams right, now exactly. too. So that right. loss isn't is a little bit um can be explained right, a little bit about. Right, she's coming off the th- Indian Wells. She's worried injury. about for the French Open, she really doesn't care about these tournaments much. So it was a good tournament, enjoyable overall. Yeah, the one you know the thing that sticks out in my mind is the uh, Nadal Djokovic final. Obviously, it was a great, it was a great match. Um, everything else seems to fade after that, but another great performance from Djokovic. And yeah. also, fit, Marty Fish, great effort, you know, to get as far as he get. And then I was a top ranked American. He's on the cusp of the top ten. I mean, great effort to beat Del Potro too. It was really rounding into form. That's a good one. Yeah, we'll see if he stays as the top American all year. Though probably the most, the biggest piece of news out of the tournament was david ferrer hitting a ball at a baby though so i don't know whether it's, it was a great tournament for tennis or not yes well thank you both for your thoughts on this and uh, we'll 
hit up the clay next time. Monte Carlo actually starts next week. I already saw the schedule. So let's uh, take a breather. And thanks for listening again. Tennis.com podcast. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com. 